the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Tuesday, everybody. Good morning. Peter Boyle's in for George Brockler. He's back tomorrow, December the 26th. Nothing flatter than the day after Christmas. Uh, as you know, the weather has turned, taken a turn. It's a lot of snow in the city. Roads are bad. Take your time. 44 is the alleged high. I don't know. See what happens. 31 tonight, 47 Wednesday, and on Thursday, 49 degrees. Back here on Saturday, and uh, we missed an opportunity last Saturday to have Steve Harms on to talk about this film, The Iron, the, the, um, the Iron Claw, and uh, we're going to do it about the Von Erichs. 303-696-1971, two topics. The one that's getting most of the attention is book banning. And I was, like I said, I put some work in on this one. I was going to pull it off as a Saturday show, but this morning is good. And um, reading banned books, have you read them and how did they affect you? And what do you think it's about, the book censorship in the country? And it's growing larger and larger every day. So we begin with Don. Don, you're on a radio show. It's a Tuesday morning. Good morning. Yes, I do want to talk about the uh, subject of banned books, but a quick question. I, w- I kind of wanted to mention this on Saturday, but I think I used my uh, calling card <laughs> for the month. <laughs> uh, uh, the Freedom from Religion Foundation, you know, ta- mentions that the winter solstice, and they're kind of putting more emphasis on that. You know, they're trying to shift America to that way of thinking. Do you believe? And, and they claim that the Catholic Church and other Christians basically stole the solstice and made it Christmas. What is your take on that? Well, it's, it's um, the, the, uh, there was only one church then, and extremely pragmatic. I asked the question on Saturday, uh, it was a really good show, is Christmas a pagan, is it, is it a pagan holiday? And, yeah, and, I, I yeah, and, and it, of course it is. I mean, the answer is, of course it is. Yes, yes. But the Christianity, the pragmatism, of Christianity that's that's almost brilliant, usurps um, much, if not all, of the of the of the things that swirled around pagan holidays and brought them into into becoming Christian holidays, and uh, and it's it's what it but is. Did they steal? But they did. Did they steal the solstice? Um, uh, stealing it, uh, the solstice is so. The solstice, uh, astronomers know about it, and alternative religions, and it's important. It's an important day. And there's still still a scientific aspect. Oh, sure. Oh, absolutely. But all I'm saying is FFRF is really stealing it because mostly that's just political propaganda on their behalf. Well, no, but I mean, I think it's it's accurate, but it's like, so what? Um, Well, they're not saying a so what. I mean, they want to try to take its power. That's all I'm. Well, but I, st- but I, but there's people trying to do all kinds of things. But um, the, the I, I mean, it's really interesting to read that history because it's yeah. it's it's inaccurate, but it's also, you know, it's also used and and they 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 were brilliant in doing so. Yeah. And I'm 
thing is, and I mean, we, we, we take stuff, we borrow stuff, we adapt stuff. I of mean, course. You know, certain, a lot of rock and roll is adapted from other tunes. Of even, course. You know, that, you know, I mean, you have this Tate McRae uh, rising from Canada. Her song Greedy was inspired by a, a, a song produced by Timberland and mm-hmm. uh, Nelly Potato called Promiscuous. And again, it took it took centuries uh, for, you know. Remember, there there isn't any animals in in the birth scene until Francis. Francis puts uh, there is no set date, and Julius the Julius the Pope Julius sets the date. But those are, I mean, they're smart moves. They're they're really smart moves. I mean, you know, we don't really know when Christ came, and we and we and I think we do know that uh, there is no room at the hospitality. Well, and who, all you know, that. who, that's mean, you it's, know, it's a great story. I mean, I mean, that's I mean, that's what we're going by the Bible, but we we really don't know when Christ. A- was actually, born. if you if you read the, the apostles, um, you don't get a sense of any of that, and. It's all been added in and added on. It's uh, I'm, I'm reading um, Paul and um, Paul's proclamations on homosexuality and the role of women, but he really is a he's he's like other men of the Mediterranean area. He's like Romans. He's like Greeks. You know, he's like Hebrew tribes. They women were. Um, Sub, 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 they were, they were subjugated, and so yeah. when he writes what he writes, he's only a man of his times writing those things. And when they talk about the role of women, that's you know used today to in in such a terrible way. But but if you even go on and take and see what what Islam does with women, it's it's it's. It's not dissimilar, but remember, Paul is writing ab- about his time, his his correct his place in the world. But I think mean, he also kind of writes about the the family unit and in, mm-hmm. and in the, the the Christian faith. Sure, uh, the men must take the lead in, in yes. bringing bringing in the uh, keeping the sure. uh, cultural staple. But he's a... I, speaking of cultural staple. I did kind of want to get into the subject, but I, those those were biting questions because, like I said, uh, you have big A atheists, as Mandy Connell likes to call them, that are really kind of using this to try to mm. take its power. And uh, I mean, they're really what they're they're, they're, they're hardcore progressives. Well, hard. but and in many one, ways, one of, the, one of the big things they're defending, and I'll take it to the book to the book banning part of this is is these. LGBTQ books like uh, Flamer, Gender Queer, mm-hmm. and and all of that, and and this is kind of, and I mean, there are parents that have read the books, and and I think based on what they're saying, but, they're they're the equivalent of a triple X movie, mm-hmm. and uh, but here here we go again. When when I yeah. spend a couple of days reading the books that I see that are under the gun, are re- really modern classics and. I think that there's a lot of fear mongering. I, I mean, these people, they're they're fringy. They're they can say what they want to say, but um, well, who's who's the fringe? The parents or the the uh, or some of these? Uh, and I, I've made, a better word is alarmist. Um, why would I? Why 
I hope that uh, my grandson reads Sophie's Choice. I hope he reads uh, Gatsby. I hope certainly Animal Farm or. Uh, oh, I mean, yeah, yeah, Animal. I mean, I mean, certainly. I mean, George. Yeah. I think I, I take I take George Orwell over these uh, books that I think basically are trying to uh, enact revolution in my well, my humble opinion but because because animal farm you know george orwell was a socialist but he wanted kind of socialism which i think is impractical but or, at least you could, you, there's still some insight from orwell you can get well orwell was a communist he wasn't just a socialist and he went to spain uh, in the civil war and he was injured but he gets to see stalin's communism up close and personal and he didn't like it. Oh, of course he didn't like it. And that's the beginning of the change for Orwell. But, um, he wanted kinder, gentler socialism. That's what I was trying to say. No, nah, you know, he's, he, it's hard to determine who he, who he comes out to be because he, 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 he writes these incredible books. I, I, now, for the fourth time this morning, the first time I read Animal Farm, I just thought there's this, this great novel. I didn't realize... And I've, read, and I've read Animal Farm. I haven't read his other books, but uh, I did read Animal Farm. But I didn't realize it was a critique. It was, he was, it was a parody, if you would, of, of Soviet Union. And I didn't know that, but I just I read oh, Animal Farm. Oh, yes, I, I believe that. Well, no. I mean, because when I read it, it was like, here, Pete, read this or something. However, I got turned on to it. But I read it, and I thought it was really this remarkably funny, uh, bitter novel. Uh, and when you realize that the pigs are the are Joseph Stalin, Khrushchev, the inner circle, Trotsky's snowball, uh, the old horse that's taken to the slaughterhouse is probably Kulaks. Um, you know, the I mean, it's just they have the trials, and they. Remember the the sheep bay, and it's all the, you know, all, all the stuff that you later realize, hey, that was going on, but I, I certainly didn't know it at the time when I read it. Um, Huxley, I don't know when I read Huxley, and I thought, I didn't realize on what level Huxley was really coming across at you, but To Kill a Mockingbird's on one, many of these lists. The point of that. I don't know. And I mean that that's been that I mean that's been on the for for years and well, that's sure. basically more on language and well, maybe maybe not the overall message than than the overall like but I the said, message again, it, it's lang, it's language it's it's content it's yeah. world maybe maybe certain worldview but not the overall message but that, that, that the, the message that, the message of the book is to be, you know, I don't know how you can overlook the message of the book because there is a word or two that's offensive. Don, I got to jump. I appreciate your hey, call. Hey, you have a happy new year. Hope Thanks, to brother. Talk to you again soon. I, I promise. All right, we go to Mike. Hey, Mike, you waited. Good morning. You're on the radio show. It's a Tuesday. Hey, good morning, Peter. How hey, you man. doing? I'm good. Good. Merry Christmas. Thank you, sir. Y- yeah, I was kind of along the lines of uh, your last caller here, but I got to thinking here about the the subject of book banning and uh you know of course i mean i'm 75 and so i've read a lot of the books here sure. that uh, you haven't even come up that we've uh, talked about uh i kind of i kind of uh, think that there's some things in the libraries today that uh, go a little beyond the pale you know but uh 
anyway, you know, I mean, what I, I just interesting to know that the the as far as book banning is concerned, uh, the greatest book that ever has been written seems like it is uh, it has ultimately been banned from most of our education system. No, bibles society. are bibles are still in schools. They're in school libraries. Well, yeah, but I mean, the the thing about it is, is you in terms of you know you don't read uh about some of these kids being sent home you know from the principal's office for opening their bible in school and of course i remember you know back in the day when we said the pledge you have to give you have to give me the, you have to give me a, a a case that i can look at where a kid got sent home for reading well i i, I can't cite it exactly no. but those things have come up in the well, in the news you know from I, from time to time you where, know, I, that kind of thing i usually would see i'm not trying to say that you're wrong but there, there are yeah. scare tactics that are being used. One of the things when, and I, and I was a prayer in school kid, and I suspect you were too at 75. Sure, sure. Um, yeah. one, one of the books that's banned is Satanic Verses, uh, mm-hmm. Salman Rushdie's book. I think that's banned out of fear. I think uh-huh. that the retaliation that possibly could come uh, it keeps that book out of school libraries. Um, but yeah. I don't know. Like we, yeah. we were pledge allegiance kids. We were school prayer kids. We were. Right. I don't know if you were in that. When when teachers could hit you, <laughs> I don't know if you were part of that. But I oh, was. Yeah. I, oh, I yeah. was. I was. You didn't. Yeah. You got your shirt tucked in, and you didn't chew gum at school. You know. No. No. I. I and what, I have. So. A, I have a really good friend who is is who's teaching now. Retired from another job, and he's teaching. And um, he was. He was the man for a long time, and he said, "You." He tells me stories, but yeah. I, I, I don't. I. You know, I went through all of that stuff. You did as well. You, you. I don't know if we. I think the Bible got read first. Yeah. And then, then, yeah. then, then the Pledge of Allegiance. Um, well, well, there didn't seem there didn't seem to be a fear of the Bible. That it seems like there no. is. You know, and, uh, I don't know if it's I, fear. I, think, yeah. I don't know if it's fear. I think, again. Um, well, I think it's more of a situation of our society today is trying to. Into, antisepticized our culture from you know the bible and uh one of the things the books that comes to mind i don't know if you've ever heard of it uh, a pastor by the name of john ortberg and he wrote a book called who who was who is this man mm-hmm. and it talks it talks about jesus and the mm-hmm. life of jesus sure. and how how that uh isn't it it's a, isn't an interesting phenomenon that uh my birthday and your birthday is dated from the life of this man who was insignificant as he seemed to be. Well, now, and, you know, you know. B- B.C. now and A.D., um, and they call it the B- before the Common Era, uh, which right. is probably makes more sense because there's a large part of the world that is not Christian, and right. if you're going to put history dates on something and you call it, the common era, so B.C. would be before the common era. They mark that that date, but it's um, it's it, it, some of, some of the stuff always makes sense on some level. Um, right. But that's where you know if, if there's a Chinese guy reading history, 
and then now right. he, you know, he now he takes another understanding. We, I, I, I don't know where all of this ends up. I, I sincerely don't. Uh, book censorship in this country to me is scares the hell out of me. Yeah, it really yeah. does. Well, that's interesting. You know, doing a lot, of, studying a lot about the founding of the the country in the mm-hmm. early days and the pilgrims and. Mm-hmm. You know how you know so many of the the great uh, the great Ivy League institutions oh. uh, actually actually became and were founded by for religious groups. Uh, oh, absolutely, Protestant yeah. Protestant yep. uh, preachers to oh, to teach people how to read, and the mm-hmm. Bible was the was the thing they used as the text. They, they, you know? Yeah, they were all trained. They were they read the classics and they read them in right. Greek. They read them. Yeah. They they read them in Latin. They were influenced right. by, you know, Greek philosophers. They were influenced right. by. There was so much influence. Like uh, like take Jefferson, who I'm a right. I'm a geek about Jefferson. Jefferson's Bible. He removes all references to Jesus from the Bible. Right. Now a woman put out some book that that wasn't true, and that book's nonsense. Um, Jesus, there's it's called Jefferson's Bible. I actually have. Right. A copy of it, yeah. um, right. and there were other people that thought other things, but but their right. their 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 intention was part of you can believe whatever you want to believe, and that's Jefferson's, right. you know, no national right. church. He feared a national church. He he saw what national churches did in Europe and feared one. So, right. uh, you know, these guys are a lot smarter than than certainly cer- than certainly the people who are running it today. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. Well, I'm watching. Well, it. it's just it's just interesting to me the world over. You know, the, I'm back to that book I was talking about. It's an interesting read. If you haven't ever read it, it'd be it'd be worth your time. But uh, anyway, it talks about the fact that how did one one individual's life, whether a person is a, a Christian believer or not, how is it that that life had so much? In, oh. uh, Influence universally. You know, you go to places and there, the 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 towns and so forth, like Russia, Saint Petersburg. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, all over the world. You know, there was there was such an impact and an influence by one individual, and it's it's almost uncanny. You know, and so oh, and even on the subject, you know, where you talked about how that, uh, you know, a lot of people think Paul the Apostle was against women, and he repressed. He was a man of his time. He goes into this book and he talks about the fact that in reality, the the Bible did more to give women a place of equal footing in society today than any any other religion ever has. Well, it but, took a while, anyway, but, but Paul, yeah. who gets condemned, right. and so I, I was I got interested in his life and I read his life and um, right. and he he's just he's a man of his time. We use that. Right. And so to critique him like critiquing Columbus or critiquing without realizing, you know, Columbus is just a man of his time. Um, sure. And you apply 2023 principles to this guy in in the 15th century, you're going to come up short. And the same thing, yeah. and I realized that, that Paul, who, like I said, they weaponized Paul, but he's just a, a he's a, they called him a Mediterranean like the the whole area around the Mediterranean, that's what, regardless of, they could say, well, a Christian, no, it had nothing to do with that. He was simply a man of his time believing what they believed about women. That's all. Right. Nothing yeah. else, nothing more. 
And so I, I don't know when stuff gets twisted and turned into what it gets twisted and turned into. Yeah. But, well, the greatest thing, the greatest thing about Paul that, that seems like sticks out in my mind from all of my study. And, you know, the, um, I mean, I, I've studied the Bible. I try to read through it every year, you know. But uh, anyway, you know, his example of, of his experience on the Damascus Road is yeah. the greatest thing. And I read something. I don't know what happened to the magazine, but uh, it was U.S. News and World Report. I don't think no, it's, it's gotten, been around for a lot of years, no. has it? it? But I read an article yeah. one time in there, and it said that one of the greatest things that happened in uh, world history is the missionary journey of the Apostle Paul. And I thought that's 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 quite a phenomenal statement from a, ma- a writer in a magazine like the U.S. News well, and World Report. But there are, there are people that, you know, that appear. And yeah. they, in, in modern day, and as we speak, I just finished that Musk book, and I'm reading a, mm-hmm. a book on Bezos. And, um, yeah. and they, there are people, Picasso. Uh, mm-hmm. Jefferson, I mean Einstein, uh, they right. they they appear, and mm-hmm. why you know why do they appear? Why are they here? What what is it that they do? And you put that you know you have, you have to have him on the list. Paul has to be on the list, right. but right. they just I mean I'm I'm mean, I'm so impressed by how these guys really rethink the world, right. and mm-hmm. and when they do, they seem to have lasting impact. Even people that are sure. on the on on the other side of the ledger, you know, right. that have done what they did, and they leave that lasting. You know, you can put the Fuhrer over there, you can put yeah. Joe Stalin over there. I mean, but they have had yeah. a tremendous impact. I, right. Not. I'm not that well, smart. Well, it's, in, it, it's interesting to me that that the book the book continues to be the best selling book in the oh. in the whole world. You know, oh. and. Uh, not without some good reason. And so, well, but anyway, again, it's been enjoyable. You too. Enjoyable to good talk co- to you. Thanks Thank a lot. you, sir. You too. 303-696-1971. Final hour of the George Brockler Show, 27 after the hour. 44 will be the high on Peter Boyles. 303-696-1971. Have you read a banned book? And the list is pretty, pretty lengthy. Uh, Billy's read all of the... Uh, the Harry Potter books. I've not read one of them. <laughs> That's there, and there are places that ban Harry Potter because of, I guess, because of witches and all the stuff and wizards that go with that. I've not read those, but I certainly read Cat's Cradle, Vonnegut's book, and that's banned. So three zero three six nine six nineteen seventy one. It's your turn. Morning, everybody. I'm Peter Boyles in for George. George back tomorrow morning. It's Tuesday, 26th of December, 2023. Roads are rough. The claim is 44 will be the high. We can only hope. 303-696-1971. Back to the phones we go. We go to Nick. Thanks for waiting, Nick. Good morning. You're on the show. Uh, Thanks for uh, taking my call. And I want to uh, uh, thank you for being on the air because you're one of the few people that actually knows how to read and read the book once in a while. (laughs) So you, so you, so you bring a little, perspective, yeah. a little perspective to things. Um, my my major concern is that uh, 
Joe Biden, who's a complete idiot, is going to stumble into a war yes. and he won't know what to do. Agreed. And whatever he does will be all the wrong moves. This, you ask yourself, have these people learned anything? Uh, no, nothing. Nothing. I, I don't think so either. The first of all, we had three U.S. service members were wounded. The, f- the first question you ask is, why were they there in the first place? Um, I understand there's still 2,500 troops in Iraq. Oh, yeah, I mean, what sure. are we doing there? What the hell are we doing there? Well, the the whole invasion of Iraq, Dick Cheney and, and George Bush, are, are they're war criminals. Um, for what? Yes, they are. Sir Wolfowitz and Card and um, all of them, they... They invented a war that didn't have to be. They they lied the United States into that. And in Iraq, you know, we've talked about that this morning, but uh, the, um, the there's supposed to be a government that's left alone in Baghdad. But there's, there's this drone attack, and keep it up. And I'm sure everybody's aware. Keep it up and see what eventually happens. Because... I watched some Congress guy on Fox early this morning. Oh, we need to do. We need to attack them more. We, I've got an email about we need to do this and need to do that. No, we don't. We collectively need to get out of there. These well, people. These people have. They've had enough. They've. How many? How many more Iraqis do you think that? And one thing for sure, my sidebar is, if Saddam Hussein were alive, and I'm not defending Saddam, a lot of the crap that happened in Israel in October would have not happened. No, it wouldn't have. He would have put a, a, a quick stop to that nonsense. Yeah. And they're un, now the Iranians are unbridled. They don't have any opposition. Saddam was their opposition. Saddam was our guy. When the war, so-called war of the cities between Iran and Iraq, uh, the United States was helping Saddam, and now what? Where do we sit? Well, Bush and Cheney overthrew Saddam for no reason, and I'm not defending Saddam, but what they did is unforgivable. And notice that there's you don't see a lot of interviews being done with George Bush and or Dick Cheney. No. What do they have to say? Nothing. They can't. They can't. And they, they, you know, it's like the 9-11 Commission and all the different things, the aspects of all of that. And you wonder, what is it? Is it the war machine again that wants to go back in and start it up again and, and have, a, have, a, have another war? But this time, I, I don't know what the fallout would be. Well, the fallout would be unpredictable because these these events have a nasty tendency of, uh, of taking on a life of their own. You bet. And they spin off into directions that nobody anticipated. What well, escalates? It's um, and again, I use Barbara Tuckman and what she said about World War One, and then they talked about trip wire wars that keep it up, and finally you're going to trip over the one wire that's going to be the one that starts it really fires it up and things like what happened yesterday and they sent in the gunships and they attacked this and they're in Iran and they're Iran or excuse me they're in Iraq but it's an Iranian backed militant group 
and then they proclaim, oh, we killed all of them. We didn't kill any civilians. First of all, how would you know that you didn't kill any civilians? They don't. And, of course, they can't. But And they call it a self-defense strike. But you're there, and there there's nothing standing in the way of the Iranians now. There is no buffer. No. There's no one standing there. And they've, they've you know, this this terribleness that continues in Gaza. And all you're doing is creating more and more enemies for everybody. Well, from what I understand is that the sanctions that were put in place by the previous administration have never been revoked. All, all Biden has to do is to enforce them. And it's primarily the export of oil, which is the number one <clears throat> income source for the Iranians mm-hmm. that fuels all this. Now, he could enforce that without too much, uh, without too many uh, problems, but he do, won't do it. But the Europeans, the, the Europeans will buy that oil. I mean, it's the Chinese will buy that oil. It's not a that's. It's well, anyway, it's just yeah. I just think that these people are way over the head. And it's a classic example of when things get rough, start a war somewhere to divert sure. everybody's attention. When, and, and it really yeah. will will boil down to how many Americans fall for that nonsense. Well, you would hope one of the things I think that is happening that I'm watching happen is now with all the alternative sources of information that there was that time where it was, you know, the big three, the networks, right, uh, the, right. the couple of newspapers that really held sway. Well, now, you know, anybody can sit down, myself included, you, everybody, and you can read all the alternative streams of information that whether or not, you know, they, 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 and a lot of it contradicts what the nightly news says or contradicts Sean Hannity on Fox. And Fox has enough problems already being jammed up for, for telling lies on the air when, about Dominion. So it's, it's right now, the plates of the earth are shifting on how people get their information or how they judge the rest of the world and you, you know some kid on a with, with a computer accesses more information right now than FDR got during the second world war I mean he was they, they were days behind when he would be told things I I don't know I, I don't know but it's it's changed and it is changing more rapidly than you and I can get I'm an old man then we can get a handle on it well, uh, as you well know, history has a nasty habit of surprising you. <laughs> and, and, and surprising you and, and telling you the truth, if you want to listen. Right. If you want to listen. That's right. That's right. Good. And unfortunately, we don't have the A team in power right now. We don't even have the B team. Yeah. I, but I would wonder, isn't there somebody standing around Joe Biden and telling him, Joe, for God's sake, don't do this because it's going to go to a very, very, very bad place. And and it's going to go quicker than you think. Exactly. And um, and I think that I don't know. I mean, I I, I watch Joe Biden at a, at a distance like everybody else. I you know you hear a lot of people talk about who's in charge, uh, who makes the who shot who who calls these shots, but they're all they're being braggadocious this morning about having, 
using those AC-130s to strike. I'm thinking, no, don't. You know, you already got tons of problems with what's taking place in Gaza. You got tons of problems in Ukraine. What is it about this administration? I don't know. Well, I, from an outsider looking in, my reaction is very simple. They don't know what they're doing, and they're basically stumbling from crisis to crisis. And then they try to stick some Band-Aids on the problem, hopefully in the hope that things will die down. It's not, no, it's not, it's not going down this time. No. Well. The, the ME right now, the Middle East right now, and it really does begin with um, what Bush and Cheney did. And it moves forward from Bush and Cheney. And yes, I, they stirred up the pot and they they disturbed the status quo, which was oh. which was very uh, tenuous to begin with. But at least it was a status quo. Now we have chaos. Absolutely. And had you know had they not and they they in in essence got away with it. The Bush and Cheney got away with it. There isn't there are very few places they're critiqued. And uh, and there, most most people talk, wow, what a great job! No, it was the worst possible thing, and I'm, and it's like Hillary Clinton talking about Arab Spring. Arab Spring was Arab Winter, and the things that that they wanted, and the best place people can handle with the Middle East is just to stay away from it, because we don't have an understanding of it, we don't have a grasp of it. And now, of course, what's taking place in Gaza, now what's taking place back inside Iraq. And some, somebody's going to say, well, we need to strike Iran. I listened to that on talk radio. I listened to that. That's insanity. It, let's expand the war and attack Iran. you have any idea what happens then? The relationships between the Russians, and, now the Russians and the Chinese are friending up. And pardon me, who does? Who does? Well, uh... I'm sorry, the I was going to say, uh, by that really be... for attacking Iran. Oh, well, one of his platforms and Fools. Policy. They're fools. Go ahead, sir. I'm sorry. Uh, the, per- the person who really got screwed was Colin Powell because he was lied hey. to. Yep. He put his integrity on the line in yes, front of did. the U.N., and they and they yanked the rug out from underneath I him. agree. What, that, that job was done on Colin Powell. And they, That's exactly and, right. And it was Wolf. That was a... Um, that was a a Wolfowitz deal, and that guy that, um, and it was Wolfowitz. Uh, come on, Peter, um, Scooter Libby, and those guys. And, Libby. and they, and they, and then of course they pardoned. They didn't pardon Scooter Libby. That Dick Cheney went to W and said, "Ask him to pardon Scooter Libby," and W didn't do it. Uh, but they, and and they they just did the job. The defense secretary. Um, they they did what they did, and were they after the oil? Were they after whatever they were after? Was it really because he threatened George W.'s father? I mean, you hear all these stories about why they decided to go after Saddam, but in fact they did, and they they set the, the entire Middle East on its ear, and it hasn't come back. And now look the at the— one thing- the one thing that we Americans need to learn is that there are certain areas of the world we need to stay away from because we don't understand them and they don't see the world the way we nope. see the world or the That's Western all, all world true. sees the world. But this is this morning we sit on one because 
believe me, when the mullahs aren't just going to sit there and not do anything about this. They're going to figure out another way to be underhanded again, and and then it's, it's you can't win it. Appreciate your call. Thank you. We're coming right. up on time, everybody. 303-696-1971 is our phone number. To the wall of shame, Clinton and Obama destroyed Syria. Um, the, the fight in Syria was always that one that we, the United States decides that Assad, who is the head of is his father then, and Assad was, he was pro the West. <laughs> he really was. And then they, they forced his hand and should have left him alone. He's still in power. He's still there. Assad is still there. Is he is he brutal? Oh, absolutely. Are they all brutal? Yes, absolutely. 303-696-1971. Has, have you read a banned book and realized that you should have? Did you ever think to yourself, I should have never read that? <laughs> of course not. You read those books and they changed how you thought or you learned something from them. But the banned book list is really extensive, and the people that want these books banned. And how did the did you read? Can you imagine? I I can't. I mean, I can, in a negative way. I can't think of a banned book that affected me in a negative way. Seven ten, Kane, U.S. forty four will be the high forty seven tomorrow. George is back tomorrow. I'm Peter Boyles. This is Radio Free Denver. Good old seven ten, Kane, U.S. We got about six minutes left in the show. Good morning, Peter Boyle's in for George Brockler. He's back. And on Saturday mornings, we do our show at 9 o'clock. It's cold outside, and now it's cold outside. And uh, snow still kicking around. We'll see what happens. 710 KNUS, thank you, and good morning, everybody. With a couple minutes left, uh, this idea of banning books is um, excuse me, it's very frightening to me. And if you stop and think about and this list list is extensive. How many of those books have you read? Now this is a really interesting, and, and I like it a lot. Uh, banning books only influenced me to read them. There you are. I mean, when the church put Lady Chatterley's Lover on the, they had films or movies you shouldn't see and books you shouldn't see. I immediately, and I had to find. I don't even know how I got my hands on a copy of Lady Chatterley's Lover and The Gamekeeper, right? I And I read it, and, you know, he writes these strange ways of writing about sex that you— and I ended up, I'd read them to other kids. I mean, what, what does this mean? And uh, we can, you know, I still remember some of the things he wrote, how he said it, but— it didn't make sense to me, so I kind of let it go. But this is absolutely correct text. Banning books only influenced me to to read them. And when they somebody said you can't, and we have a running gag, my brother and I have a running gag that we grew up pretty close to the Allegheny River, and my mother's warning every morning during, you know, we're still younger guys before we went to work, but she would say, stay away from the river. <laughs> well, where's, where's the first place we would head? With, with all of our friends, we would, would go to the river. 
and you could catch fish and you could swim in the river, although looking back on that, you wonder why. But it's it's same thing with uh, born and raised in a briar patch. Remember bear, 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 bear and bear fox and bear rabbit. And he said bear, bear, bear rabbit kept saying, whatever you do, don't throw me in a, bar, in a briar patch. And so the fox and the bear decided, let's huck him into the bear, into the briar patch. And what does he turn around and say? I was born and raised here. I was born and raised in the briar in the briar patch. So maybe that maybe that may be the the, the sent in text of the morning. Banning books only influences me to read them. But when you look at the list, I mean, it's I'm astounded by these books that have made so much sense in my life. All right, Brockler's back here tomorrow. I'm Peter Boyles, and I will see you on Saturday. We're going to relook at the Iron Claw about the Von Erichs. Billy, thanks. And you guys take care of yourselves. Good show, great calls, smart people. I'll see you Saturday, and George is here tomorrow. Have a good morning. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.